Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. Before we dive into this episode, I need to tell you about the newest Skin Grip launch. I don't usually brag about products that much, but when there are genuine companies out there making life with diabetes easier, I really do think that everybody should know about them. Skin Grip just launched their newest Skin Grip Mats collection for the Dexcom G Sits and Freestyle Libre. Not only is this a smaller in size, high performance, and non-frightening option, but let me tell you, it works. I was lucky enough to be able to try them out, and first of all, this thing did not even lift. And the more impressive thing is that I was wearing my Dexcom on my leg at this time. And we all know that that is not always possible. What I really loved about it was that it's really discreet, which I really appreciated. As much as I'm comfortable showing off my diabetes, sometimes I just want my devices to lay low. This new collection is all about Matt's performance, Matt's protection, and Matt's comfort. You can try them out for yourself at skingrip.com using the code LISSIE, L-I-S-S-I-E, to save. Now let's dive into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Keep 100 Radio. Today we are doing a T1D Tips segment with Jessica Herlicka. She is my co-coach inside of Keep 100, um, our signature coaching program for people living with type 1 diabetes. But Jess, I'll give you the mic to introduce yourself. Yeah. Um, my name is Jessica Herlicka. I'm a registered dietitian. I'm also a certified diabetes care education specialist. Um, I myself do not have type 1 diabetes, um, but I've been in the diabetes space now for over a decade. And I'm the nutrition coach inside of Keeping It 100, Team Needles and Spoons. And yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Yes. Can you dive into a little bit about what you do for our team and how you support our clients? Yeah, so I um, obviously go through a lot of nutrition um, and some fundamentals with like eating out and carb counting, things like that. But also we talk a lot about um, the baselines, you know, bullet strategies, temp basils, um, doing basal rate testing, things like that, and how to strategize your insulin dosing around meals or workouts, um, anything that comes up with diabetes. (laughs) Yeah, there is actually, it's funny when you think about nutrition and the component that plays into diabetes, it like seems so straightforward at first, you know, carbs and insulin. But when you kind of start thinking about it more, it ties into pretty much everything. And I think that really goes to show the holistic component of a condition like type 1 diabetes. So we'll be diving into um, exercise today and just like pre-workout meals and how they can really impact your blood sugars and really make or break them. So Jess, what I want to ask you is what is different about working out with type 1 diabetes, what are the things that we have to kind of think about while approaching this? Yeah. So a couple of things you want to think about is, you know, first of all, which I know you're great at Lissy, but how is this workout going to impact my blood sugars? You know, what type of workout that you're doing and what kind of trends that you're noticing around different types of workouts, how they impact your blood sugars. Also making sure you have enough fuel, you have enough food and energy to complete your workouts. Um, also making sure that you're hydrated before workouts, that can be really important with diabetes. And then also post-workout, how are you recovering? How are you supporting your body? And what do your blood sugars look like after your workout? Yeah, I feel like originally we're so, it's kind of oversimplified the 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 variables to consider. Like we're kind of just taught like, okay, go into your workout. I was taught go into your workout above 150 and, you know, 
look out for the low, be prepared. But that was kind of all the guidance I was given. And when it comes down to it, there's just so many different things that play a role into it. And it's like, not only can we look for the drop, but we are also looking for the spike too. So it's not really as simple as just, you know, wait for your blood sugars to lower. So when we're talking about you know, the the workout and the nutrition component comp- uh, tied to it. What are the different factors that we're looking at? Yeah, so you definitely want to make sure before your workout that you have a snack or a meal that's going that's going to support your blood sugars during your workout. So I think one of the mistakes that we see, Lissy, are because people were taught, like you said, just make sure your blood sugars are higher because you know you're going to drop when you work out. People want to just treat with that like quick acting carb right before their workout, which could spike you, but it may not last you the duration of your workout, right? So you really want to think about a snack or meal that can help fuel you for your whole workout um, so that you're not going low during your workout. Um, And also, like I said, making sure that you're hydrating before your workout, during your workout, having low snacks nearby during your workout, of course, um, things that may be quick acting carbs, but things that may also be those slower digesting carbs too around workouts can be helpful. So one thing that you had mentioned was making sure that we have a a snack or a meal before that can fuel our workout. So when we're looking at that, what does that typically look like? Should we be having a full meal before our workout or how do we know that something's going to last us our whole workout? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's really up to you and your schedule, whether or not you want to have a meal or a snack before your workout. Um, but ideally you want to be eating something, I would say 45 to 60 minutes before a workout. If you can, obviously, if you're going low prior to working out, then you may need to have that snack closer to workout time, but that will give your body some digestion time. It will give your body time to use some of the insulin, um, so that you're not peaking in your insulin use right when you are working out. Um, but Ideally, before those workouts, you should be having some type of maybe low glycemic carb or some type of carb choice, but also pair it with a protein source. And that's going to basically slow down digestion of the meal um, so that you're having those sustained blood sugars during your workout, but also it's helping to support your muscles, which you're going to be using during your workout as well. Um, And one of the things that you may want to be careful with is not having um, too much fat right before the workout, um, whether that's a snack or a meal that can slow down digestion, maybe a little bit too much. Um, it also may just be uncomfortable to work out with a lot of fat since that is slower digestion, digesting during a workout. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, I would say, you know, 15 to 30 grams of each that protein and carb, depending on your body's needs about 45 to 60 minutes before that workout. And you should feel good during your workout that should help sustain your workout. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny because before before even being diagnosed with type 1, I was a gymnast of 10 years. And even without the diabetes component, you're just always taught like, okay, fuel up on carbs before your your meets or your competitions because that was believed to like give you more energy and, and more strength and everything. And even looking back, I'm like, wow, I wish I knew this even before even considering my blood sugars because adding in more of the protein, fiber, and fat like that we talk about so much, I'm like, that could have helped me so much and not just load up on things like pasta and bagels before my car, my competitions. Um, but when we're looking at kind of optimizing these meals or snacks before, what are some like quick and easy tips that you can give that can support our blood sugars during things like workouts? Yeah. So I think, um, 
having some easy snacks with you that maybe have some protein and carbs already paired together that you can have maybe like mid-workout if you notice you're starting to go down, but not too low. Obviously having those quick acting carbs with you. Um, considering what type of workout you're doing, you may also want to consider some type of um, hydration drink, like a low sugar Gatorade or something like that, especially if you're doing those long distance runs biking, things like that, that you may tend to need more hydration because you're sweating a lot. Um, and then you definitely want to have, you know, eight to 16 ounces of water prior to that workout, whatever type of workout that you're doing. Um, and keep an eye on your, your blood sugars. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually want to go back to one thing that you had mentioned earlier, and that was kind of looking at the insulin timing and uh, like how long to eat before your workout. And can you dive into a little bit about that, about maybe like how to know my like when your insulin is peaking or just kind of like diving into the insulin on board concept. Yeah. So remember that when you inject with rapid acting insulin, um, even things like uh, Fiasp and Lumjev, um, which are ultra rapid acting, but still same type of um, insulin peak, um, they're going to peak about 60 to 90 minutes after your injection. They're going to last for about three to four hours in your body. So Ideally, you want to think about that insulin on board concept. If you're on an insulin pump, it will show you that insulin on board. If you're on an in-pen, it will show you in the app. Um, but you can also just do an easy calculation in your head thinking of, okay, when did I take my injection? How long is it thereafter? You know, you can consider like an hour after your injection, 75% of your insulin is working. Two hours, 50% is working. Three hours, about 25%. And then four hours, we can say it's it's kind of teetering out. So that is something to keep in mind um, while you're going into your workout, how much insulin you have on board for sure. Yeah, I know that there's been a few times where I'll like eat and then two hours later go to the gym and I think I'm in the clear because my blood sugars are like cruising. I'm at like 120 and then a good 15 minutes into the workout. I'm like 60 going down. I'm like, okay, well, this made sense. <laughs> um, but you are you're amazing at looking at food and food pairing and just coming up with fun recipes to try out. And I know a lot of our clients really like they're whenever they need a quick meal or like creative ideas, they always ask you. So can you help give some examples of maybe some um, pre-workout meals that follow the PFF method or that can really support kind of that sustainability piece during workouts? Yeah. So um Definitely think of things, like I said, that have that protein and um, carb combo. So easy things could be like Greek yogurt and fruit or cottage cheese and fruit. Um, other things that I know have worked for our clients in the past, especially runners are like toast with peanut butter or half a bagel with peanut butter that can give you some sustained energy. Um, also things like tuna salad and crackers, just kind of that easy pairing or chicken salad, whatever you like. Um, and then you can also consider a protein shake. If that's an easy option for you, you could always do, you know, some type of protein, you can put some type of fruit in there, blend it up. And that's something that is easy, especially if you're on the go. Yeah, I like those a lot. So outside of just blood sugars, because again, we're looking at the holistic component of, you know, diabetes management, does do these types of meals and this approach have more effects than just managing blood sugars? Yeah, absolutely. Because remember, when you're doing a workout, you're using your muscle mass and you're kind of breaking down those, those muscles and they're going to need to repair. So that's why having the protein is really important. And for anybody with or without diabetes, when we're working out, we're using some of that stored glucose in our muscles, right? We're breaking down that glycogen and we're using that for energy. So after your workout, your body is going to reabsorb that glucose 
put it back into your muscles. So you want to have the carbs there to do that and then have the protein there to help repair your muscles as well. Plus it just helps you to have more energy and, and feel good around your workouts and not feel so drained or fatigued afterwards. Yeah, a hundred percent. So even when you're looking at like the increased insulin sensitivity, do you have any recommendations around that for <clears throat> the following? I think insulin sensitivity can last uh, 24 to 72 hours right after your workout. So any tips on how to combat that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, just kind of looking at your trends and patterns after workouts, specific workouts and how long they last for, um, just to get an idea, because everybody is so different and every workout can be different. And even I know we've talked about before the time of day, right? You know, morning versus evening can be different. So pay attention to your trends and notice any patterns if you are more sensitive, um, but you may need to cut back on insulin needs for meals post-workout or maybe even pre-workout. Um, you may need to do temp basils, during workout or activity mode during workout or after workouts. Um, and sometimes people can even see those effects for a full 24 hours. So you may really need to pay attention to the following morning or something like that around your blood sugars. Your insulin needs may de- may need to be decreased. Yeah, that's definitely a solid thing to remember. I worked out two days ago on Saturday. I did leg day. And then immediately after I needed like 75% of my my normal insulin amount because I kept dropping low. I'm like, oh, right, this made sense. Working major muscles, increased insulin sensitivity. This is all coming together. Um, but thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and just talking about this. I think this is a really important conversation because, again, we are kind of told those oversimplified pieces of advice. And if anybody has any other questions about exercise and diabetes, you can refer back to episode 16. We have a whole podcast episode on um, just the common questions that we get around working out with type 1 diabetes. So thank you so much, Jess. Of course.